You're listening to a podcast from Victory. Jesus is the light of the world. Learn more in week six of our series, Beyond the Signs. John chapter 9, we have 40 verses to tackle today. So hopefully we can finish in 30 minutes with 40 verses. Verse 1, John 9, 1. As, as he passed by, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now to give you context of where this is coming from, if you were born blind before, when you say a man was born blind, most likely he had no eyeballs. He was born blind, and for blind people during Jesus' time, the only job you have is to be a beggar. There were no jobs for you. Unlike today, there are certain jobs blind people can actually enter into. But during Jesus' time, you are an outcast. For a lot of people, they would think of you as somebody who's cursed. That's why the question was, did he sin or did his parents sin? That's why he was born blind. It was interesting because when the disciples saw the man who was born blind, rather than move in an act of mercy, they turned it into a theological discussion. And most of the time we love making discussions theologically about situations rather than looking with eyes of mercy. But for Jesus, it was different. Hindi niya nakita yun nasa subject na pag-usapan natin over coffee kung nabulag ba yan dahil kasalanan na magulang niya or kasalanan niya. But rather, he moved in an act of mercy. And this was the answer of Jesus to the disciples. He said, It was not that this man's sin or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. What Jesus was saying, For this man... The reason he was born blind is because I want to display my glory and my power over him. You see, if the argument that we have is the reason you are suffering, the reason you're sick is because maybe you've sinned or your parents sinned, that's why you're paying for it. The argument won't hold because everybody in this room have sinned. Am I right? In short, when that's your thinking and that's your argument, you should be born blind. So if we look at the scripture, there's really no answer. I cannot answer the question if this man was born blind or not. But what Jesus was saying was, for this man, he was born blind so that my glory might be displayed upon him. Sometimes, not all times, God allows suffering to happen so that his power, his love, and His grace might be displayed. But in the final analysis, we all are sinners. And sin has its consequences. Lahat tayo dito sa kwarto, mamamatay din. We will go through suffering and sickness and pain. So all sin, and therefore all would experience a little bit of this, or a little bit of that kind of suffering, or even sickness. One time in your life, you would. Because we are all sinners. So just to say, this man, what's special about him is because he sinned heavily, that's why he was born blind, couldn't stand the argument. And that's why Jesus said, no, the reason he was born blind is so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Jesus said to the disciples, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There is no such cause effect here. Look instead for what God can do. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here, working while the sun shines, when night falls, the workday is over. 
What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, you know what? You're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. All of us are guilty. All of you are sinners. What you should rather do is put your energy towards ministering and advancing my kingdom. Look instead at what God can do for this man. Rather than going on a debate or a discussion, what do you think? You know, is this like this or like that? What school of thought do you have? It's a never-ending debate. So Jesus said, why not rather pour out your energy towards advancing the kingdom of God because a day will come when you can no longer do. And then he drops the ultimate message in John chapter 9. In the next verse, in verse 5, he says, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Ito yung pinaka-message ng John chapter 9. When you think it's a story about physical blindness, it is not. It is a story about Jesus declaring, I am the light. No pun intended that the man was blind and he was saying, I am the light. When you encounter me, you will see. But not just physical sight, but spiritual sight. That's why he said, of the world, not I am the light of this man. He says, I am the light of the world. What Jesus was basically saying is, you look at physical blindness, but I give more than physical sight. I am the light of the world. You're praying na sana makakita siya. Ang sagot ko, hindi lang makakita siya. But rather, he would experience and have spiritual eyes to see who I am. That's why the statement was, I am the light of the world. You look for physical healing. And sometimes we pray, you know, sometimes we pray, Lord, heal me, heal me, heal me. And sometimes God doesn't answer in, in, in our timeline. Or God never answered healing. And you're asking, Lord, why? Why? I thought you are the healer. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. In short, there would be times that you would go through problems and trials. A loved one might have an incurable disease and you've done everything and you've prayed the prayers and nothing has happened. Lord, what's your answer? And Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection and the life. What I promise is not just healing, physical healing, but when you die, there will come a day where you will have glorified bodies. And thus He promised in Revelation, there will be no more tears in heaven. There will be no sickness in heaven. Because what He's saying is, I am the resurrection and the life. You have to go deeper than just the now answers of healing, of breakthroughs, of miracles, of provision, of satisfaction now, because his statements would always be deeper. That's why when they were asking for food, his statement was, I am the bread of life. If you eat me, eat my flesh, and drink my cup, you will never go hungry, you will never thirst. Mas malalim yung mga sagot ni Lord, hindi lang yung for five minutes. He wanted an answer wherein you would see who I really am. Because I am who I say I am. This was the message. So the next thing, having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud. The first ever spa session on the Bible. Mud and holy saliva. Okay, from the Lord. I don't know why he did this. Most likely that's why it was mud or clay was because there was no eyeballs. So he made one created something out of those 
materials and put it on the man and he, had, and he could now see. And said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Verse 7, the man receives his sight up to the pool, up the pool. And now he has eyeballs, he could see. And now verse 7 to verse 8 was not after five minutes. He never saw Jesus again. This could have been hours or days when we go now to verse 8. He went home and the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. I am the man. Some hawige. No, I am that guy. I am that guy. So they said to him, Then, how are your eyes open? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? And he said, I do not know. The guy left. All I knew, his name was Jesus, and he declared, He is the light of the world. Where is he now? I really don't know. Now, just like any other instance, when there are supernatural things that were happening in the New Testament times, they all went to the temple for investigation. They went to the Pharisees, the man who had formerly been blind. Now, it was Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Now, why would it mention it was Sabbath day? We will see now in this story that Sabbath day for the Pharisees were very, it's very important. Okay? They were really righteous about the Sabbath day. Because Jesus healed on the Sabbath, it was not allowed. So for the Pharisees, why would you get healed on a Sabbath? During the investigation, they say, why? why would you get healed on the Sabbath? But for Jesus, He was making a statement. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I will give you rest on Sabbath, not just rest, sleep, but I'm going to give you sight. Because I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I can do whatever I want on a Sabbath. Up until today in Israel, there are a certain number of people, a lot of people still observe Sabbath. In short, you go to a hotel. If you believe in a Sabbath, there's a hotel there where you don't press anything. You're not allowed to press because it's Sabbath. So every floor, it stops because to press the elevator is work. So the only thing you do is because it's Sabbath. Even in the comfort room the same way. You don't flush. It automatically flushes for you. Imagine, on a Sabbath. And there, there's a Sabbath door in hotels. Because when it's Sabbath, you cannot enter the main door. You enter the Sabbath door. Where you do nothing and it opens for you and you go in. You see? So, during that time, imagine, it was the height of, you know, Sabbath you cannot work in. Who is this Jesus who heals on a Sabbath, Jesus was subtly saying, or I don't know if it was subtle, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I can heal when I want to heal on the Sabbath. The Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to him, he put mud on my eyes and I wash and I see. Now, in just this one to, verse 1 to 15, four times he was already asked, how? How were your eyes open? How, how come you have eyes now? What happened? How, 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 how? Four times in the story. There could have been more. But it was recorded four times. They asked how. They asked the man four times how he was healed rather than asking who healed him. 
Ang tanong is, paano? 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 Everybody was asking, how, how, how? They never asked, who? They wanted the steps. They wanted to know, what was your secret? How were your eyes opened? Does it sound familiar today? As Christians, we always ask the how. Oh, how do you have a good marriage? How, 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 how do you do it? Wait, wait, let me take down notes. What, what, what? Okay, step one, step oh, Okay, okay. How, okay, okay. How, how, how do you do your walk with God? How, how? Oh, okay, oh, wait, wait. Okay, how? Okay, okay. But you never ask who. It should be who is responsible for that strong Christ centered marriage? Who is responsible for you being humble? Kian tao gusto gusto pag yung message. My message for today is 12 steps on how to be holy. Uy, daming notes, 12. One, two. And you're excited to take down notes. Why? Because we are a how people. We always want how. How do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? And you don't see the very power is on the who and not on the how. You keep on saying how, how, how. If you keep on saying how, 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 what's next? It's the karabao. Hindi pwede pa how. Walang power sa how. Why? My how could be different from Randall's how. Your how and my how would be different. And that's why, if you look at scripture, it was never about the how, but it was always about the who. Don't ask the how, but who. That's why all the signs and wonders, there would be a greater message, I am. Why? Jesus was declaring who He is, rather than how. Oh, how, how, how did it multiply? Oh, he did this at a certain angle, prayed a chant. Oh, pandisal, pandisal. Yeah. Okay, ayin natin. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Oh, how were you healed? Oh, there was this certain preacher. He's very anointed. When, you, when he lays hands on you, you go to his conference. Oh, okay, okay. Let's go, let's go. Na, 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 na. Minion, you all go to that conference. Wanting that healing. Why? Oh, it's because, how, so how's the step now next? And then after that, you go home, you do the communion. After you do the communion, and you do all the steps, you don't know the how, the who. It's all how, how, how. And this is a mind of somebody who's blind. You always ask how, you never ask the who. How can I be saved? Oh, so how, how? Pastor, how? Can you tell me how I can be saved? No, it's not how. It's who can save you. It's Jesus. The disciples asked, and we studied this in John 6, what must we do to do the works of God? Ano sabi ni Lord? Believe in the one whom He has sent. What's your job? To believe. Not steps on what you must do to do the works. How can I multiply the bread and the loaves? Give it to who? How can the storm be still? You run to God, you don't chant, you do, don't do the rain dance or whatever. It's you who can still the storm in your life. We are so preoccupied with the how we forget the who. And that's why we try to elevate certain practices. Because this worked when I did it this way. Rather than asking who was responsible behind all those miracles. It's not how. How makes you the hero? Who makes Jesus the hero? Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such a thing? And there was a division among them. For the Pharisee, the very case was, This is demonic. Why? He got healed on the Sabbath. The guy who put mud and saliva on his eyes, That's a demonic guy. 
It cannot be true. It cannot be from God because he was healed on the Sabbath. Laki ng problema, no? Was given eyeballs. And their case was not the eyeballs or the miracle. They were saying, why on a Sabbath? Why not Monday or Tuesday? It could have been better. Now we cannot say it's a miracle. It's actually of the enemy of the devil because you were healed on a Sabbath. They, they were so far off. They were so blind. They could not see what Jesus was doing. They were so caught up with the how. They were so far from the who. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. Siguro nakulita na. He doesn't know the answer. Literally, I haven't seen the guy. So who is he again? Maybe he's a prophet. He's a prophet. Then, the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. Tawagin ang mga guardians of the galaxy. Parents went there and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. Now the parents answered this way, not because this was true. They were actually lying. And the next verse will tell you why. Right? For sure, when he, their son got healed, he went home. Mommy, daddy, I have a surprise. Close your eyes. Oh, my eyeballs, right? Who did this? What happened? Oh, he puts alive. His name is Jesus. He declared he's the light of the world. The parents knew. But now, they were lying in the synagogue. And here's the reason why. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. If you confess that it is Jesus who healed your son, you'll be kicked out of church or the synagogue. Taken out of the community, excommunicated without any process. Just the decision, you're out because you confess this Jesus, Jesus, this famous Jesus. Is the one who healed your son. Out of the fear of man and for their own security and status, they lied because they fear man more than they fear God. The fear of man blinded the parents that they couldn't even answer. Your son was healed, and here you are lying in the synagogue because you're afraid to be kicked out. You're playing it safe. It's sad because you realize, imagine this is happening inside the church. They were afraid to be kicked out of church. That's why they did this. They were in church, but they were not in Christ. If you would see the picture, let's not say it because we'll be kicked out of church. I'd rather be in church, but not in Christ. How many times do we make a decision to be in church, but not really in Christ? Are you in Christ? Or is church another religious activity you just have to check every week? Just like the last week and the other week, in church, but not in Christ. You could do all the religious activities, but be far from the one. Far from the who, but you're so consumed with the how. 
I'll sing, I'll attend, I'll line up, be obedient to everyone, right? Sing my hallelujah, go home, God bless, God bless. I'm in church, but I'm not in Christ. In fact, you might be in sin, but you're in church. Not a good place to be. Because God knows. You know you can't fool God, you can fool us, but you can't fool God. He could be in church, but not in Christ. So, for the second time, in the synagogue, this was more than six times now, for the second time, they called the man who has been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. Pag nasa law natin, di ba? Do you swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth? So help me God, you sinner. They were building him up to fail. This guy is not credible. Give glory to God now, you sinner. The Pharisee said. In short, everyone don't believe him. He's now going to tell and give glory to God and share his testimony. This sinner, this liar, is going to tell again his story. Now, if you've been asked the same question more than 10 times by the same people, what would be your answer? The guy doesn't know what to answer anymore. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. I met him for five minutes and he said, call me maybe. I don't know where he is now. One thing I do know that though, I was blind, but now I see. The evidence is in the eyeballs. I was blind. Now I see. I don't know. You keep asking me the questions. I had nothing here. Now I have something. Now I can see you. When he said that, they said to him, what did he do to you? Again, how? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? (laughs) You want to follow him? You keep asking the same question. And they reviled him saying, you are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. Old Testament. Moses. Imagine the Pharisees. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, this Jesus, we do not know where he comes from. Imagine now. What did the Pharisees do? Just like any other Pharisee and any other self-righteous person that you know, they name drop. Oh, I've been here since 1984. Oh, I know pastor like this and pastor like that and pastor like this and bishop like that and apostle like that and he's my best friend. He name drops. And you guys know, right? When somebody name drops on you, you have to run away. You know why? Utangan ka na niyan. Nag-name drop na He's building his credibility because he has no credibility whatsoever. That's why he name drops. And how many times for the sake of your image you name drop people? Please don't name drop. Don't be like the Pharisees who are blinded. So blinded they need to name drop so that you would believe them. But all this poor guy was saying, I was blind but now I see. And they were saying, no, but Moses, we're we're disciples of Moses. When they say they're disciples of Moses, they memorized the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Every day, they recite it by heart. That's why they're saying we're disciples of Moses. 
Yung mga ayon yung Leviticus and Numbers, the tribe of Levi, 175,000, the tribe of like this, 100, they memorize it. Imagine, they're saying, we're disciples of Moses. Who are you? You're a disciple of this no one. The man answered, why? This is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does His will, God listens to him. We've grown up with that teaching. The man was saying, if you're a sinner, God will not speak to you. You worship God, God will speak to you. I'm a sinner. He spoke to me. It's an amazing thing. And you don't know where he came from. You're not as good as you think you are. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do what? Nothing. In short, he was just going back. I have eyes. The guy's legit. Look at me now. And you keep saying no, 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 and you don't want to believe in me. Well, now when he said this, the Pharisees were pissed off. They answered him, you were born in utter sin and would you teach us? And they what? Cast him out. How dare you? Chapter 3 ka pa lang ng 1 to 1. Purple book na ako. Nag-victory weekend na ako. Ikaw, umaten ka lang. Why would you even say that? You are in utter sin. Even your miracle is demonic because it happened on the Sabbath. Imagine the conversation happening. Poor guy, right? He was just healed. <laughs> and you're in utter sin now. Is the statement true? It is. He lived in utter sin, just like the Pharisees. But he knew he was a sinner. The Pharisees didn't see they were sinners. And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Cash out. How dare you? You live in other sin. Get out! Now, the synagogue was not like this with the lobby and the hall and the elevator. It was, you know, it was community. Synagogue. Small one. Right? Synagogue, open space, there's roof. And he was cast out. People were outside. There's a lot of people outside. Everybody now. This guy is famous now, right? Because he was the beggar with no eyes. eyes, And now he has eyes. And so, everybody was there. And he was cast out. out. Jesus heard. Uy, yung hinil mo. Kinik out. Uy, he went to this guy. Why? He was also kicked out of the synagogue. And so they started talking. Why were you kicked out? You know, because I told this. How about you? Because I have long hair. You know, so. You know, it's a joke, but I grew up thinking that way. Because I grew up studying in a Christian institution. And the measurement of our faith was two by three haircut. Kid you not. If it's not two by three, you get deducted because it's not Christian-like to have long hair. Until I saw the paintings of Jesus, he had long hair. (laughs) And he was wearing a skirt. Imagine the externals that we try to put on people. Being spiritually blind, we think it's all outside, outside, the image outside. It's not the how, it's the who. Rather than ask, is your hair two by three? They should have asked me when I was young, how's your walk with God? Instead of saying, why are you listening to Iron Maiden? 
They should have asked me, are you reading your Bible and what, God, and what is God speaking? What is God saying to you? Sometimes we miss the whole point of Christianity because it's all how. And so he was kicked out and Jesus was also kicked out. It's funny because the conversation happened outside the church. We took kicked out. Kick outs. They were outside. They were very outstanding. And so, he said, do you believe in this man? He said, yeah, sir, tell me who he is so that I may believe in him. Walang kaano, no, baggage, no? Lord, so sabihin mo sa akin, sino yan? So I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, you have seen him and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Again, you look at this, I want you to go where where the scenario is. It's hot. They're outside the synagogue. It's I. It's you. Yeah. Rise heart. <laughs> Started worshipping this guy, Jesus, who declared, I am he. I am. Oh, you're the I am. And he started worshiping. You could see now the crowd coming. You could see the Pharisees now. What's the commotion outside? And then Jesus said this. For everybody to hear, this was not a whisper. This was an oratory remark. Jesus said, for judgment. Imagine my voice. For judgment, I have come into this world. So that the blind will see. And those... Who see will become blind. Imagine mo, no? Pang theater, no? Pwede. Okay. <laughs> Nagparinig sa loob. Bukas yan eh. Rinig nila yan. If you go and you see the structure, you can actually hear. And there's commotion outside. And Jesus now remarks so that they could hear. In another version, what was he saying? I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day, making the distinction clear so that those who have never seen will see, and those who have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. You know, for the blind man, he had no spiritual pride. Nothing. I've never read my Bible. I don't know who this Jesus is. I had an encounter with him. I want him. There was no pride. No baggage. No religiosity. No Bible studies. No certain knowledge of this prophet and this teacher and this preacher that you watch in YouTube. It was an encounter with the one who says, I am the light of the world. And he says, let me worship you. The man who was physically blind received his spiritual sight. And those inside the church who, was think- who were thinking, we know it all. We're disciples of Moses. We memorized the Pentateuch. Jesus said, they're the blind ones. Strong statement. D.A. Carson said, When the light shines, God enables some to see, but others who think they see turn away, blinded by the light. I don't know, when you were a kid, have you tried challenging your eyes and saying, Bro, 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 have you tried it? Everybody, I think, tried it. All right, We're all crazy one time in our life. One of my friends, that was his hobby. Now he's having problem with his eyesight. Because that was his game when he was young. Ako, I had no problem. My eyebrows just do this. You'll be blinded by the light. If you think you can see, you'll be blinded. But those who cannot see, they will start to see when there's light. And this is what Jesus was saying. 
You have to come to that point where you're saying, is Jesus your light? Have you realized that you live in darkness and you need the light? Because people who think they live in the light, but they actually live in darkness, will be blinded by the light. Bakit? Know it all. Eh. Self-righteous. Knowing all the house. Very religious. Yet very far from God. They're blinded by the light. Now, when Jesus said that, some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Kami bayon? Is it I? Is it I, Lord? Ano sabi ni Lord? Uh-huh. No, okay. Yeah, that's what Jesus said. Okay? Jesus said, if you were really blind, you would be blameless. But since you claim to see everything so well, you're accountable for every fault and failure. Okay, let me translate. Jesus was saying, now, you're asking if that's you. If you're really blind, you would be blameless. What that means is you'll see me. Because you're blind and only I can open eyes. But, because you think everything is so well with you, you would be accountable for every action that you have. What Jesus was saying basically was, okay, Pharisees, if you're really so good and you're so perfect, I'm okay with that. But from this day on, I will judge you and make you accountable for every failure and fault that you have. And remember the standard of God. Adam and Eve ate once. Sin entered into the world. So for those of us here, there's only two reactions when we see the light. He's saying, Lord, I'm sorry, I see you're the light. Wow, I'm living in darkness. I need a Savior. I surrender. Or, when the light appears, you say, Lord, wow, look at my works. Look at all the people I've saved, how I've ministered, how I read my Bible, eight chapters a day, pray for 30 minutes a day. Imagine, Lord, the things that I have done for your kingdom. And if you think like a Pharisee, and sabi Lord, okay, if you think you're so good, from this day on, I will judge you for every fault and failure that you have. Kayamo. That was the message. John 9. Since you Pharisees think you're so good, from this day on, a fault or a failure, you will be accountable. Therefore, live perfect lives. Wala nang sinabi yung Pharisees. You think you can do it? Now, you can if you want to. Let's see. Try and we all know we can't, right? And we need Christ. Let me end with this verse in Luke chapter 5, 31. Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. When Christ came here on earth, He said, I'm here to save people from their sin. That's my mission. And who sinned? Everybody. So, in the eyes of God, He says, everybody needs saving. But, I am called not for those who think they're righteous. I'm called for the sinners. The only way to have an encounter with God is to come to a point where you're saying, Lord, I need you. 
Lord, there is darkness in me and I need your light. You are the light of the world. Today, we are given a story and we stand in one of these characters, blinded because of religiosity, blinded because of the fear of men, or somebody who's saying, Sir, may you tell me who this light is so that I may worship him. Let me end with this. Spiritual blindness versus spiritual sight. When you are spiritually blind, your statement would be, the quality of my work, my good works, is the measure of my worth. Because I've, I've done this, and I did this for God and to God, Therefore, God would love me. That's my worth. Because I work for God, now God will bless me. That's a spiritually blind statement. Very pharisaical. But somebody who has seen the light and has received spiritual sight, your statement is, Lord, the quality of your work on the cross is the measure of my worth. It's not what I do for you. It's what you did for me. So now I see. Where are you? Spiritually blind? Or can you now spiritually see? Let's bow down our heads and let's pray. Lord, we come to you this afternoon. And Lord, we are faced with the reality of where we stand And how many times we can think and act like Pharisees. Sometimes it's accidental that we do. Where we try to measure our worth and our relationship with you based on what we do for you and what we sacrifice for you. And we think we are rewarded in love because of that. We're so consumed with the how, how, how. That sometimes we're so far off from the who. And today you're calling us back. You're bringing us back to you. And that's why you declare, I am the light of the world. Lord, for those who are spiritually blind, today let them see you. Lord, we come before you, we humble ourselves. Just like that blind man who needed healing from physical blindness. But you said, it is for the glory of God that the might of his work would be displayed upon this man. So I pray, Lord, it will be the same way with us. Lord, if there is spiritual blindness in us today, give us sight so we can see who you truly are. Lord, may we be focused on the who and not the how. Starting today, Jesus, you are my light. Jesus, guide me. Jesus, give me spiritual sight so that I can see who you truly are. Lord, from this day on, I pray, God, that there will be a passion for me to read the Word. Lord, that as I read your Word, you would reveal more of who you are in me and who you are in this world and what you're doing. And may I take part in the glorious adventure that God has for each and every one. So I pray today, make me see, give me passion for your word. Lord, as I seek, Lord, I pray that I may find you.
Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.